Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and Happy New Year. This is episode 240 of 20 Minute Tims and I am joined by Stephen. Hello. And Nelly. Yes, you are. That's absolutely right. And we have got oh so much to talk about today. Then We've got oh so much to talk about. I don't know how we're going to squeeze it all into one podcast, but there's going to be some ranting, there's going to be some moaning, and there's going to be some bloodletting on this podcast. But before we get to all of that... This podcast is brought to you by our Patreon, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. If you enjoy this Monday podcast and you've heard us talk about Patreon for a while and you would like to support us in any way you can, you can do that for around two quid a month and in return you will get hours and hours of additional Celtic content, podcasts, writing, videos, the lot. If you've been listening for a while, then why not make 2021 the year you support fan media? Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. Check it out. So... Last week, we went into depth previewing the up-and-coming Glasgow derby. There was a lot of debate about lineups and positions and formations and selection and everything else, but one thing that us three agreed on, the thing that we all agreed on, boys, was that it was win or bust. So we didn't win. Does that mean, Stephen, it's bust? Does that mean the league now is over? Well, some people after that podcast actually believed that we weren't being hard enough. Some some people said that, well, we, we came away in a kind of you must not lose. I mean, ultimately, it's the same thing. We did lose. So, yeah. uh, I mean, ultimately, the result was the same. But a few people were getting their digs in saying, oh, you've only, only harsh enough on the on the team there. Is it, it, is it bust now? I mean, we came away from the St. Johnston game some weeks ago thinking, well, that's pretty much it, isn't it? That's, that's pretty much the league over. So, to have gone, admittedly, on a decent run of results there and to have the balloon punctured in the way it was, the reality of it is we always leave a little bit of room for a miracle happening, but as it stands, aye, it's, it's gone. The league is gone. Melly? Uh, it's difficult for me to admit because I'm like hot chocolate. I do believe in miracles, but... Uh, <laughs> That's what you were Googling, wasn't it? Sure. <laughs> asked you who sure you were is. Googling. You were Googling who... When you picked up your phone a second ago, I'd admit this right now, Melly, when you were Googling who sang I Believe in Miracles, weren't you? <laughs> That's not, it's not actually the name of the song. I, I couldn't remember. I knew it was in the film, Monty, but I couldn't remember the band. <laughs> who was it narrowed down to? Hot Chocolate, UB40, Wet, Wet, Wet. Did you... 
he giggled song from a uh, song from full monty and uh, anyway <laughs> you it. believe in miracles carry on absolutely worth it but that, that's just that's just me being me the way i try to live my life by not giving up on stuff that i love and but looking at it realistically celtic even if they win every game they can't win the league and now we're asking a team who's not lost all season and has only conceded five goals to lose five games oh dear look as far as i'm concerned it is done if, if celtic managed to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat and, and somehow win this league if the helicopter changes direction if Rangers have a monumental collapse at the same time as Celtic have a monumental turnaround then I'll happily come on this pod, podcast and say you know sorry for doubting you but the fact remains that the league is done we have blown the league and we've blown it by January yeah uh, some shift for the helicopter pilot in it if we're taking off Jesus. in January and then going to hover above the, the city of Glasgow <laughs> the for 19 slowest, games <laughs> the hot air balloon the hot air balloon has changed direction <laughs> uh, okay, look, it's as I say miracles we've we'll, we'll mentioned miracles here it's what, what are we actually looking at as Melly says the, the bare numbers of it are almost impossible look, Yes, we could all cling up, and people still are, and I'm not going to criticise anyone for still you know, keeping the faith, KTH, right? I'm not going to criticise anyone for that, because that's ultimately KTH? what... Keep the hail, it's a well-known <laughs> well known Celtic <laughs> phrase. No, no okay, like, keep, keep the faith, KTF, obviously. Um, right, I'm not going to criticise anyone for that, because you know it's ultimately what a football fan is. That's what kind of like- keeps us all going, but... Totally. See if you want to see if you're go, want to see if you want to think Celtic can win this league, right? I'm not going to slag you. I will call you extremely optimistic, and I might <laughs> yeah. be a wee bit stronger on that behind your back. But ultimately, <laughs> it's just there's no reasonable case for it, though, is there, Stephen? No, really? no none. And if, it's blind if faith your, now. If that is your position, as long as you keep it to yourself and don't have a go at people for <laughs> go at people for giving up and calling them not real fans and all that, right? That, that's absolutely fine. But we are looking at a situation where. Rangers are one draw of a difference away from where Brendan Rodgers' invincible team were at this stage of the season. One draw, they've conceded about a third of the goals and the goal scored is much about the same as Celtic were a couple of goals ahead. Imagine we were sitting there, imagine it was the other way around, Rangers back in that season, we were listening to a Rangers podcast and we were going, oh, all we need to do is we just need to keep the faith and just, you know, they'll they'll <laughs> fall, they'll they'll stumble, you know, they'll implode after Christmas, you know, they don't know what it takes. It, it would be mental to, to do that. And we, we are massively up against it here. Rangers, like, to an extent, have sympathy with Celtic and, and, and Neil Lennon in that there's only so much they could have done against Rangers' form this season because it has been almost unstoppable but as as far as the, the actual league title goes we're clinging on by an absolute fingernail here it, it's long gone the worst of it is Melly Stephen's talking about if the tables were turned the worst of it is not three seasons ago the tables were almost directly turned uh, it wasn't it was about maybe three years ago to that match that we were going into a Glasgow Derby 19 points clear yeah, exactly. It's it's and that's that is all it's taken, and that's the most galling thing. That's the most galling thing for me is this is a team that we were handing their arse to them persistently. Mm. They only got their act together a couple of years ago, and even in his Stephen Gerrard's first season or so, they were miles off it. And what we've done is we've managed to create a catastrophe for ourselves here. Rangers have been good this season; they have been good. Their form's been absolutely excellent, as Stephen pointed out. There's no reason why our form couldn't have been equally as excellent. It could be neck and neck or as near as neck and neck going into that game. Yeah, but it's the 
it should be it should be a lot closer Celtic even if they had to get beat by Rangers twice say we should not be nearly 19 points it's <laughs> absurd man it's ridiculous in January and it's not as if Celtic haven't went out and spent the money they've had every advantage going here but all I hear from them every time whether it's the board whether it's Neil Lennon is excuses only an excuse finished on January there but if Celtic again rolling out these excuses about the ref playing well nonsense for me absolute nonsense it's all Celtic's fault this downfall they've nobody to blame but themselves and I don't have any time just now Stephen to discuss these games at hand because as far as I'm concerned there's no proof that Celtic are going to win these games at hand yes Celtic have gotten better in the last couple of weeks we're going to talk about the form we're going to talk about the game we're going to cover all that but what we're discussing is the the mire that we find ourselves in here the fact of the matter is we are 19 points behind Rangers who are in exceptional form going into the well it's not the second half of the season it more or less is the second half of the season though and we are the title race is done we're out of the cup we've not had a season like this for as long as I can remember. No, it's, it's been dreadful. It's been an absolute disaster, an unmitigated fiasco from start to finish. Um, and when I say there's only so much Neil Lennon and Celtic could have done about Rangers form, make no mistake. What I mean is that they could have kept up in some way, which they haven't done, and it's now yes. over in January. What I mean is that all they could have done is kept up with them and it would only be the two derbies much of a difference you know they'd be they'd be six points ahead and uh, with, with the games in hand but the the season itself has been an absolute farce complete farce and we yeah. can talk we can tell hard luck stories about what happened at the weekend there and how we dominated for 20 minutes and all that but the damage the enormous irreparable damage was done months ago to this season yeah. and we, we've talked about it to absolute death and we're going to be forced to do it again and try to find different contexts in which to talk about it but it's the damage this season has been horrendous unforgivable Celtic have got every advantage going and they've just pissed it up the wall and now we find ourselves in this absolute mess in January it's kind of similar what's going on in real life in Britain now like people were scared to make big decisions when the big men were had to make the big decisions they didn't do it they chose to just try and we'll just muddle along and see what happens and now look where we are we're stuck in this limbo now where oh we can't get another manager but see if we bring somebody in what we're going to do then oh, we'll just give, give it to Lennon to the end of the season and just muddle through the rest of this season. That's going to be horrible. And do you know what happens then? See if we are, are going to stick with Lennon for the rest of the season. It's another five months where players regress, which they've done all season under this manager. See about it's, that. Sorry, sorry to jump in there, Jamie, but see about this, right? See, we, myself and Jamie, we did the the kind of live reaction after the game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Melly, you did the, the podcast match reaction. We talked about this, about how you know, really, who cares what happens to Lennon now? There's absolutely no point in sacking him because you know yeah. the, the damage is already done. But I've come back from that, and I now think, but what message does that send? What message does tolerating this level of failure send to the fans? If you just say, ah, oh, you know, we'll just muddle along to the end of the season, and then we'll think about it then. Yeah, yes, Joke's it on you, mate. you can't get in the stadium and make your voice heard, <laughs> exactly. so we can do what we want. Yes, this may sound a wee bit like cutting off your nose to spite your face, but. But you just get rid of a manager like that and you worry about the consequences later. You put a, an interim manager in charge, put John Kennedy in charge because it's, Here's it, it's problem, a message. Though. Here's the problem with that, Stephen. Here's the problem with that, though. By sacking the manager the now, are you no forfeit in the league? Well, it's Depends not mathematically over. If you bring in, if you can get... No, no, well, no. I, well, look, 
what, but that's not what we're talking about at the moment. What you're proposing there, Melly, is something different. What Stephen says is you just sack the guy. And a lot of people are saying that's not just Stephen. People are saying just sack the guy. It doesn't matter who you bring in. He's failed. This level of failure means you get sacked on the spot. There's yeah. no gimmies. There's no ifs, no buts and maybes. And then the following day, you approach the second problem of appointing somebody. But whilst the league is still math, I'm not saying Neil Lennon should keep his job or shouldn't, but what I'm saying is while well, the league is mathematically not over, is sacking your manager at that point, is that not an admission that you've lost the league? And is it not throwing the towel in? Do they not have to do what they did with Ronnie Dyla? And we just have to put up with, we just have to put up with a shitty period of time where he nurses it to the point where the league is mathematically over and then they're going to say he's leaving at the end of the season. I just don't, I do not see the board coming out and sacking him because it's, whether that's right or wrong in your opinion, that to me looks like putting the white flag up. Right, that's fine and I agree with what you say, but I, I, I want him gone. But if it's going to be the choice of him or an interim manager, like, is, is Lennon going to get this any better? Are players going to get any better? So if the board are going to do what you do, which I think they will, well then, if they're not conceding the league, are they going to back him with money to sign players? And do you trust a guy to go out and sign a player for if he's not going to be here next year? This is why it's such a horrible place to be. If they had to changed it when we asked, then when we demanded, then when we protested for, there was a chance this wouldn't get this far. You get to this point, my new manager, and he can make signings. Now we're stuck with a manager we don't want, and we might need to make signings for him. Are Celtic holding on to a manager out of embarrassment? <laughs> are they yeah, just, they're just they going to keep yeah. a guy out to, to save face? What kind of strategy is that? I mean, look, plenty of clubs have sacked their manager. PSG sacked their manager recently, and they were a point off the top because they think they could bring in someone who could do a better job. They went out and just appointed a guy who they think will do a better job. The season wasn't over. It's just that they had, a, a in their eyes, a failure in charge and they wanted to change it. To hang on to a guy just because it will look like they got it wrong, is, I mean, their their time will come as well. The, the board, they've not got any cards left to play. So no, I don't none. know why they're bothering, bothering trying to save face because that's review, gone. It was a terrific sleight of hand for the board to say we'll review it in January. Because the more you think about it, win, lose or draw, that review was probably never going to result in Neil Lennon getting the sack. No, no. It, 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 we're like, we'll review it in January, so the review is going to come out. I'd be amazed if, if they'd sacked Neil Lennon. I, I, I'd be absolutely amazed if, if Neil Lennon lost his job off the back of this. At the same time, I would be amazed if he's manager next season. I don't think yeah. there's any. I don't think there's any case for keeping Neil, Neil Lennon as manager season. And listen, if Rangers by some chance, if Celtic do win the league, right? Fine. Still don't think Neil Lennon no. should be manager next season. No, not a chance. Not no. a chance. No, because it doesn't erase what happened in Europe. It doesn't erase what happened in the Cup. And that's not me being hysterical and, and entitled. We don't need a, a guy to just be there who gets it, who loves the club and all that kind of thing. We need a guy who's in the position to somehow work an extra 10, 15, whatever the case may be, 17% out of the players we've got. We've categorically not got that. These players have no. already regressed massively this season. What we what we need to do is, it's very easy to say Brendan Rodgers, right? But he's the, the best example we've got. It doesn't need to be Brendan Rodgers, but a guy who came in, cobbled together what Ronnie Dyla had tried to build and made it better, made it better than the sum of its parts. This is the opposite. We've got players who, I think we all kind of broadly agree, and I'm kind of sick of saying it because it means nothing at this point, but we do have a good and talented bunch of players there. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because mm. they're playing at 40% of their capabilities and we've seen it all season. That doesn't get erased just because we've won another title or just because we've miraculously scraped to another title. That None of those things are erased by that. Just on the manager, Stephen, when you were talking about PSG there and how they went out and 
they just went out and got um, Poch. He just went out and got him, and I, I don't know how much he's been paid. It's probably absolute fortunes. Brendan Rodgers would have been paid about 2.5 million quid a year at Celtic. That that yeah. was his contract, 2.5 million quid a year. R- Rumour has it that Neil Lennon's on roughly half that, maybe less than that, right? Mm. So it stands to reason that for an extra two, even if it's an extra 2 million quid a year, you could go out and get a manager at the level of Brendan Rodgers. Aye. We waste two million pound a year many, many times over <laughs> every year since Brendan Rodgers left. Yeah, we could have, in theory, we could have sacked Neil Lennon, sent Shane Duffy back down the road and brought in a competent manager and it wouldn't have cost us any more. The money's been spent in entirely the wrong areas. Uh, entirely the wrong areas. And I know people will be like, oh, imagine comparing this to PSG, going to been able to go out and get a manager, but everything's you know, it's all relative PSG went out and got a PSG level manager you can't tell me that yeah. Celtic level managers don't exist PSG is the best comparison because they don't really have competition in the league they're winning how many yeah. in a row they're the best team in the league even when they're not doing well they just go this guy's not doing it because we have bigger standards than just winning the league we want to do well in Europe we want to win the Champions League Celtic obviously can't win the Champions League but qualifying would be a start Celtic should be a team that is in the group stages of the Champions League nine times out of ten but we're not we don't even get in four times out of ten and it's the same thing every time Celtic have a successful sustained period of success the manager is the best manager they can get at the time and we're nowhere near that every time we try to scrimp on the manager it fails let me wrestle this conversation back to the, the, the topic at hand, yeah. right? Let me put this conversation in a headlock and drag its wee ass back over to the match that we've just witnessed. Get a couple um, of digs in where we are where you're doing as well, just in the top of the here, head. We're gonna aye. we're gonna actually talk we're gonna actually talk about the game here. If you want uh, you want small victories, Celtic played well, probably played played our best performance of the season. Mm, um, I'm, I think gonna, I'm gonna doubt that a wee bit. Oh, well, you'll get your opportunity yes. to doubt it after I state the case. Um, there's been rumours and talk that, you know, Neil Lennon is not as good a manager as Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard has got Neil Lennon's number. Has Neil Lennon redeemed himself in any way, in even the most minor way, with this managerial performance? Because I think we were all very pleased with the way Celtic approached the game, especially in the early stages. They out-managered Rangers for the first time in a long time. Mm, I came out with zero points from it, but look, I get that the... That's the real quiz. Yeah, I get that the sending off did change the game, but again, from Celtic, Neil Lennon, all I heard was excuses after the game. Neil Lennon finally just went in with this, the team that made sense. He played the 4-4-2 diamond that he's been playing recently, hasn't conceded goals, has created chances and went with it. Fair enough, there was no Lennon curveball. Brilliant, and look what happened. Celtic did play well for the first 20 minutes, but... After doing the... It was longer than 20 minutes. It was longer than... Celtic played well for longer than 20 minutes. I'm not going to sit here and be uh, Neil Lennon's honours on this one, but it, Celtic played well for much longer than 20 minutes in that game. See, to play well in a game after 20 minutes, would you not like to have at least one shot on target within that? So 70 minutes of the game and you get zero shots on target. Are you happy with that? Oh, I'm, ha- I'm happy here. I'm happy here with Celtic's performance. I thought they were better than Rangers for the majority of the game. Yeah, well, I'll say that. I'll say they're better. But after doing the match reaction, I get a couple of messages from people saying that the way I spoke about Lennon was was a, a disgrace. So I, I watched the game again and I stick by it. As soon as Celtic under Neil Lennon this season, he either gets it wrong from the start and can't change it or he gets it right from the start and if something goes wrong we fall apart. And that's exactly what happened. Yes, Celtic were better, but what what chances did we create? It was players and 
everybody making mistakes again. We had the one shot from Griffiths that was a wonder save from McGregor. Apart from that, within the first two minutes, Edward had a good chance that McGregor saved. But are any other of the saves McGregor made, are they not just bread and butter for Alan McGregor? Easy yeah. chances to make, easy saves to make. One class save. Celtic didn't create a, enough chances. There was so many players making wrong decisions where it's Frimpong getting into the box and absolutely collapsing and not going to the byline and getting it across. Whether it's the ball coming inside and Ryan Christie having wild shots. Whereas Lee Griffiths getting the ball on the edge of the box, smashing it straight at McGregor rather than sliding it through for Edward on his left hand side. There was so many chances for Celtic to do better, but they didn't take them. And this is what happens if you don't get the chances, if you don't take your chances you're going to get punished Celtic got punished but there wasn't that many chances they created to be honest what was it another Celtic manager said Tommy Burns what is it he said about opinions Stephen he goes there's 60,000 fans in here and every one of them's got an opinion or there's 60,000 fans in the stadium and 60,000 opinions and every one of them's an arsehole oh no I'm I'm, I'm complaining I'm complaining two sayings there so that's two he never said that he's got you're complaining two sayings there I think think what Tommy Burns says was like Yeah, it's, it's, he's Celtic manager and it's his opinion that counts. There's 60,000 fans in here with 60,000 opinions. Um, what is your opinion on the Celtic manager on the day? Is there anything Neil Lennon can take from this game at all? Well... And don't I, say it's P45. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Melly, I have now, I've now seen the game twice for my sins, for my work. I've now watched mm. the game twice, so I've seen it on Sky Sports at the time and then suffered the unbearable... Oh, commentary from Tom and Jerry and that sounds like I'm giving them a cartoon name to be disrespectful but it actually is Tom Boyd and Jerry McCullough so I've suffered through that uh, a second time (laughs) as well it's never occurred to me before (laughs) Uh, so I've suffered through both both versions of it and I kind of I kind of agree I think it's I agree with Melly because it's one of those you know, quote Glasgow Derby slash old firm things that we used to see as well it's like you get caught up in the moment you get caught up in the excitement of the occasion and you maybe think the game was a wee bit more exciting than it was, and you watch it back in the cold light of day, in the full knowledge of what the result is coming, and it, I was a little bit, a little bit disappointed. No, no, obviously I knew Celtic were going to lose, but I just thought, nah, this isn't quite as dominant as I thought. There was that the opening 20, 25 minutes where it looked as if we we're going to score, and I got the dread straight away. See when that was happening, I was overwhelmed with the dread that we haven't scored here. This yeah, is going to yeah. be absolutely. That's what I tweeted for half time yeah. on, on the twenty minute Tim's Twitter account. I tweeted, "We've all seen this movie before. We have yeah. to come away for this game or something because we have all seen it before." Grown up watching Celtic, I know the comparisons been made a lot of times, but grown up watching Celtic, watching Celtic play much better than Rangers in these games and come away with nothing yeah. is a movie we've seen it a million times before. God it might be just my memory, but seeing the when times you're talking about that, we're obviously referring to like Tommy Burns and all that. But I can remember. Rangers being under the cosh in this game were Celtic did they really have Rangers against the ropes was there ever a moment where you thought Rangers are really rattled here they're going to collapse at any minute was there? No I mean but everything in perspective though you know I'm applying perspective to this I'm applying how bad Celtic have been this season compared to how Rangers are flying and as the two yeah. mate I was quite surprised at the, the, the performance that Celtic managed to pull out the bag yeah. now as you're saying Melly we didn't get anything out of the game, and that's just a fact. But all, uh, and again, it's as far as I'm concerned, in Neil Lennon's point of view, it's too little, too late. If yeah. Neil Lennon was to come and say to me, that was a good performance he had against Rangers, right, okay, v- good, but f- far too little, too late, Stephen. 
if we're going to do this, at your insistence, Jamie, if we're going to do this about my Neil Lennon's managerial uptick coming it all together a too late interval, um, then I'm going to struggle because, it, as you say, it's just it's too little too late. And are we, are we really going to give him credit for stumbling across a way to play against Rangers in January when we're all, when it's already done and and still losing the game as well? So I'm I'm really going to struggle trying to give the benefit of the doubt to, to be perfectly honest I think it's we can we can try our absolute best to give him some credit for this but I, I really I really can't do it because look I wasn't I wasn't the purpose of that wee section there wasn't to give Neil Lennon credit the purpose of it was to say look this is something that's been discussed a lot what one of the topics of conversation following these Glasgow derbies has always been Stephen Gerrard we've Stephen Gerrard's got Neil Lennon's number Neil Lennon can't really get a good game out of the team against Steven Gerrard's Rangers. We saw it in the cup final, we saw it at Celtic Park, and then I think maybe he might have upset the apple cart a wee bit there with that one. But it's so marginal. It's oh. so marginal, and as I say, it's far too little too late, Melly. The, yeah. the, prob- the problem with it is, yes, Celtic were good for the first 60 minutes, but see, as soon as the goal get tough, Celtic collapsed again. They absolutely collapsed. And mm. what happened in the game? The same things that's happened to Celtic every single big game this season. That something went wrong, the team folded, the manager couldn't change it and they conceded the same goals and made the same mistakes. Now, you you cannot go into a game against Rangers having to play the absolute perfect game, make zero mistakes, get three points just to still be in the title race because your players will make a mistake because they have been making them all season under you and then that relies on you not making any mistakes, Neil Lennon that is, and 11 or how many subs you players not making any mistakes it's not going to happen we need to seriously talk about these players um, so, some of them just are, are nowhere near good enough and whether that's down to the manager whether it's down to coaching whether it's down to their own individual abilities we need to have a serious discussion about some of these players before we go on at the ones that I'm going to criticise I said last week on the podcast much to you two guys disagreement that I wouldn't be too fussed if Scott Brown played and i got to admit I was completely wrong on that after Ooh. seeing Soro play Clip that, Stephen. Clip that. There you go. First podcast, first podcast of the new year. So you can have that one. Won't do, that, won't do that again for twelve months, guaranteed. Twelve right? years, but twelve years, twelve years, right? It, Soro was capable of turning in the sort of performance that he'd been turning in for the last couple of weeks, which, yeah. which was absolutely fine. But we need to talk about Odson Edward. It's got to the point now where if a decent offer comes in for him in January, go. why not just let him go? Aye. Just, just let him go. He's no, he's not at the, he's not at the races at all. Jeremy Frimpong I felt for Jeremy Frimpong they were doubling up on him but some of the he got good crosses in right or he got into good areas he was getting to the byline good areas but but the wastage was absolutely terrible Ryan Christie see some of the shots he hits forget I'm not talking about the angles he hits them from Stephen I'm not talking about being 40 yards out 30 yards out I'm not talking about missing easy passes missing people making runs let's talk about his technique some of the balls he hits he's leaning way way back like way back like a schoolboy or something you think to yourself you know if you're lining up to hit a ball and you're way off balance and you're leaning back just take a touch or put it to somebody else but some of these shots were mental yeah well I said on one of our various broadcasts across the the 20 minute Tim's network recently that Mm. I have an issue with Ryan Christie because he seems to have no strategic discipline whatsoever he just sort of does what he likes and I I criticised Neil Lennon for that because I said that any other manager would get him tilt, basically. Like, yeah. you, you can't continue to do that because it is just a surrendering of possession when it's when it's needless. That's, those shots are not on. 
But in fairness, Neil Lennon even looked furious with him at one point as well. He just kind of put his hands on his head. Like, Wait, what is he doing? Like, he just sliced that one for about 35 yards. The Rangers defence fully lined up ahead of him as well. It's not as if the space had opened up. He just sliced it over the top. We've kind of accidentally stumbled across another facet of what we were talking about earlier with these players as well. See, when you said about selling odds on Edwards, can't disagree now because... Like, what's the point at this point? His value is just depreciating as it gets towards the end of his his contract. So, is this another thing where we talked earlier about the board hanging on to a manager out of embarrassment? So, are we now not in a position where we need to sell these players? Are the board now not doing their job by getting the maximum value for these players yeah. as well, or are they going to have to hang on to them to save face? They're at completely at odds with the, the objectives here. So, sort of return to Jeremy Frimpong. To be honest, this seems incorrect, but according to Scout, he managed two crosses in the whole game and got zero connection on any of them. Well, mm. It was terrible. There was one just around nine minutes where Edward drives at the defence, plays him in, and he's just inside the box, but he's got the whole, it's from the 18-yard line to the byline to run at the guy and get a cross in, but he just puts this cross right into Alan McGregor's hands. There was one on 16 minutes where Christie plays it from Pong. It was decent play. There's four or five Celtic players in the box. He plays it behind them all into the middle where there's a Rangers player just there, clears it, and Celtic are on the counter-attack. So much wastage from him, Christie, and another man I don't want to let off scot-free is Lee Griffiths, man. Absolutely shocking from him on a number of occasions. The the poor, the one I've already spoke about where he should just have to play in Edward and he's basically in the same position where he scored at Ibrooks last year. There was that free kick from about 35 yards where he just spanked it off the wall. There was so much of that from Celtic, but we spoke about Christie, we spoke about Griffiths. Do you want to know my favourite shot? Near, B- near Beaton's from the halfway line. Oh, yeah. oh classic. <laughs> yes, that, was a, that was a good one. One of Celtic's early chances, another guy that again wasting, and in this formation you can't afford it. Was it the other fullback lacks out? The ball came out to him in the left in around seven minutes, and he just sort of clips this ball right into the middle into Alan McGregor as if he couldn't be bothered playing it. Do you do you know what his crossing was like in the game, Jimmy? He, he attempted six and managed none. <laughs> I didn't expect him to get six, but that is pathetic anyway. Zero percent, lads. 0% crossing accuracy, Stephen, from both of our fullbacks. Um, Odson Edward, I know I touched on him. This taking the ball into feet and turning into traffic and trying to beat two and three defenders maybe might work against Hamilton, Ross County, teams at the lower division. But he's up against Rangers here and he seems to be stuck in a rut where he's trying the same thing. He's just trying to try and it doesn't work. Now, I, I'm, I, I can give Odson Edward the ben- benefit of the doubt because he's the sort of player where sometimes it only needs to come off once. If it yeah, comes yeah. off once mm-hmm. for him and he's through on goal, more often than not, it's going to end up in the back of the net. But he is very infuriating at the moment. Yeah, yes, It's kind of symptomatic of a wider problem, in my opinion. Can I just throw a wee green and white beach ball into the room and head it about a wee bit, a wee idea? Mm. If we're going to give Celtic credit for being better in this game, right? and I, I, I agree with it, I see, the, I see where we're getting at here because... I thought they pressed Rangers into a lot of oh, errors yeah. in the first the first half an hour. I thought they they made Rangers look a wee bit panicked at the start. They 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 were forcing them into making a lot of mistakes, right? Which we don't normally. Well, shape see was Rangers. good, yeah. Very yeah. Shape was and, good, and, especially and off the ball. How many times have we seen it the other way around, where Rangers have started like a like a house on fire? If that even is a phrase, I, I don't know. Um, mm. They've started very quickly, and Celtic have panicked into it. You know, we've had defenders in the past, Jozo and Sviatchenko, and all that, who couldn't cope with that, and we ended up we going. 
Yeah, I, uh, going behind the goals for Kenny Miller and all that. So Celtic reversed that. But Celtic managed to press in this game. Are Celtic a team that can really attack though? Because think about all the things we're listing here. Griffiths shooting for miles away. Ryan Christie shooting for miles away. Frimpong can't cross the ball, neither can Laxalt. Edwards trying to take on the entire defence. Why can't we create good chances? This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Rangers have conceded five goals all season. This was always going to be a tight game. It was Well, if Celtic were going to win it, it was always going to be a tight game, mm, which is yeah. all the more reason it's you need to be more considered when you find yourself in good positions. You yeah, know, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, uh, that's exactly if, what I'm getting at. Far too many bad yeah. decisions made time and again. If we are working hard to get the ball in a good position, Ryan Christie and David Turnbull is making a good run for you, there is no excuse for you not to see that pass. It's it's the failure to see these passes that cost that cost us chances, that cost us games. Yeah. Lee Griffiths, I think it might be in the second half, he's bearing down on goal. This might be the chance you mentioned, Mel, I can't remember. And and Odson Edward, all he has to do is play Edward through. Edward's on his left-hand side. There's two defenders drawn to Lee Griffiths. Edward's free just on the left-hand side and inside of the box. And you're thinking, these these terrible decisions. But I, I think what you touched on, Melly, is absolutely the case. Neil Lennon can complain about the manager, uh, sorry, complain about the referee, complain about the red card, complain about the chances. What happened was this season is that Neil Lennon got himself into a position yeah. where he could not afford not to go to Ibrox in January and win. He couldn't afford a single mistake. This stuff about individual errors costing us games is absolutely true. But about individual errors, what people are meaning is things the manager cannot possibly mitigate for. And what we're admitting now is the manager got so it got it so wrong all through the season that his whole the whole season hinged on an individual error. Because that is all the 
the bank balance was spent, the credit cards were maxed out, the overdraft was done, there was nothing left, and one mistake put you out of the league. And see if you're getting yourself into that position, the damage was done well before kickoff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And look, people might think I'm being harsh on Lennon and how Celtic play, but I have to take it in the context of the season. Like, uh, people say that it was the best half of the season. Okay, but we didn't score. We, we had one chance that you may have thought that should have definitely been a goal bar a save. But again, I've watched it all season, so I can't just turn around in January and go, do you know what, see that half? Aye, that was it. Because at the end of the day, we get nothing out of it. And as you said, we lost the game because we've got ourselves in this position. Now, you can go on about individual errors, but at the same time, see if Celtic are organised more structurally, more defensively, better. Do we can do? Is that a red card? Because if Christopher Ayer is closer and he'll beat on, there's a chance that the ref doesn't send him off. But he was miles away. Celtic's organisation was poor again. Here's a better one for you, Stephen. So if if you want to call that an individual error, right? Who made the error? Was it A, near bit on? Or was it B, whoever sanctioned the signing of Shane Duffy? Because if we'd actually spent that money on a competent centre half, yeah. near bit on wouldn't have been on the pitch in the first place. Well, yeah, there, there are a number of individual errors here. But here's a good example. The Shane Duffy has come up here from Brighton and Hove Albion for about 45 grand a week. Oh, you know, big Celtic man, knows the club, knows what it takes, knows what mm-hmm. 10 in a is all about. Rangers have got a centre-half there, Balogun, who looks like real Ferdinand in comparison to Shane Duffy. He made about six appearances for Brighton a couple of seasons ago before going out on mm. Monty Wigan. He looks 10 times the player of Shane Duffy because he's gone into an organised defence. Whereas Shane, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this to defend Shane Duffy for a single second, but what I'm saying is if you put Balogun in our defence, he wouldn't be anywhere near as good as, as he is no, in no. the Rangers one. And they've he, come from the same place. They've come from exactly the same club. You know, and he, and he, Shane, Shane Duffy, Duffy was the senior player there. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Long term listeners will know Champions League qualifiers. We had a running joke that Ayer and Beaton was the disaster centre back pairing that, <laughs> yeah, that goes into these games. And it's a good laugh. We can see a lot of goals and sometimes we get through. But we are going into the biggest game of the season with that as a centre half pairing. Again, it all comes back to it's not just this game, it's Celtic's whole structure. Neil Beaton and Christopher Ayer is not a centre-half pairing. You've got one guy out in Julian, which means your big signing Duffy doesn't come in. But again, whose fault is that now? In, in saying that, Christopher Ayer was one of Celtic's best players. I thought he was very good on the day. Yep. Do you know why? Probably because he played on the right-hand side of the centre-back pairing for the first time ever. So why right. have we got our best centre-half at the club playing in a position where he doesn't excel? We play him in there and he's great. Why have we never addressed that problem and brought in a left-sided centre-half? Julian, right-sided centre-half. Duffy, right-sided centre-half. And our best one is getting shunted over the left. Again, another problem for Celtic. They've created themselves. Just a couple of things in the centre-halves. Um, Near Bitton is a centre-half. Yeah. Uh, so any 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 talk of him being a converted midfielder is just absolute nonsense. Near Bitton earns his wages at Celtic being a centre-half. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why people struggle with this so much, right? You can have your opinions on Near Bitton as a centre-half, but to all intents and purposes, he is a centre-half. If you don't think he's good enough to play there, it's more of a debate than the Christopher Ayer thing because I think that's ludicrous at this point. Yeah. People, after that game, turned around and said, oh, Christopher Ayer isn't a centre-half. What is that based on? The fact that he was a midfielder when he was about 14? Because I, yeah. I'd be astonished if anyone who makes that argument has ever seen him kick a ball for more than a half in midfield. 
Right, and I'm not I'm not talking idea. about Celtic fans here, Stephen, because yeah. you do see it on Twitter. But I hear it on Sports Sound. I hear it on Sky. Uh, yeah, I hear I, professional journalists and, and pundits and ex-footballers saying, well, they've got converted midfielders at centre half. I don't know why it's such a debate though, because like Vincent Company was a midfielder turned centre half. Cannavaro was a midfielder in his youth, Rio Ferdinand. Of players play all the time. I, it, I have, Gareth Bale was a left back. I don't know why we cling on to these things. Like Near Beaton had a good game up until the point he made a fatal mistake and then all of a sudden, mm. oh, he's not a defender. He is a defender, he's just not very good, is, is the thing. There's, right? there's there's qu- the only one who's got question marks over whether or not they're centre-half for me is Shane Duffy. Because <laughs> what, 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 what we're getting for Shane Duffy just now, and, and honestly, you know, I'm a, I'm a charitable guy, but what we're getting for Shane Duffy just now is a Baldy levels of performance. <laughs> every game, every game that guy makes a horrible mistake. And he, he, did, it, he did it in the Rangers game. He did it in that Bad game there with that happen. dodgy pass. Bad yeah. things happen Every when Shane Duffy takes to the pitch. No. Yeah. It, we've not actually mentioned it. Was it a red card, Melly? I think what so. What do you think? I think so. I think Christopher Ayer's far too far ahead. We've seen when he caught up with Kent that he's quick. Well, he's fast, but he's no the flash. He's no getting across there. Morelos is going in and goal, and I think it is a red card. Yes, the ref couldn't wait, wait to get it out, but you could, I'd hate to defend refs, but you could say he's getting the red card out quickly just to defuse the situation. But if the shoot, the brogue was on the other foot for Rangers, I'd <laughs> definitely be screaming for a red card, whether Celtic get it or not. Fair enough. But the letter lot, Morelos is going clean through on goal. Beaton doesn't have to do it, but I'm really worried about the, the whole setup again. All it took was Rangers to pass it out to their right back and he plays it down the line and the guy's in on goal. How is this happening to Celtic? It was hella Jozo, wasn't it? It was massively Jozo, that challenge. Red, red, a, red. <laughs> with it being a red card, is there a certain element of it being the, the when this typically takes place inside the box, not out in the touchline, but is there an element that he didn't make an attempt to play the ball? He just grabbed yeah. him and threw him to the deck? Is, is that did, basically I th- why? I think Near Biton knew he was fouling Morelos. Yeah. He knew Morelos was going down, but I think Near Biton thought, I'm far enough out here that I'm only going to get booked for it. I, I think really. that was that was probably his logic. I change my mind every time I see it. If it mm. was a Celtic player, you'd be looking for the red card. Yeah. If it was a Celtic player that was fouled, it probably would have been a yellow card, in all honesty. Because yeah. I, I, I don't see a lot of those given to Celtic players. Um, I could, the, the ref could have went either way with it. And I was surprised Bobby Madden issued the red card because he'd previously let so much go in the game. Oh, he, 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 whether or not he wanted to let the game breathe or if he was reluctant to hit out with the red cards too early, he'd let an awful lot go. So, But I can fully understand why you would give the red card for that. See, speaking of Bobby, one of my favourite parts of the game, right? And you know you know me, I like the small details, right? When I say favourite, ironically here, was when in about the 91st minute, Moyel Unice managed to waste time against Celtic by trying to take a corner from outside the corner like circle oh, like, yeah. right, he yeah. tried to take a corner from outside that and he'd get pulled back and made to put it inside at that point <laughs> it cut to Alan McGregor and Alan McGregor was grassing him into the ref he was going Bobby Bobby <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even calling him ref because <laughs> they're pals because they've got the same lodge they've got the same lodge they've got the same handshake see whether the sending off is or isn't we can debate on that but the fact of the matter is Celtic were playing well and the sending off happened Right, so what would what, what happens then? Your manager has to manage, and this is yeah. for me where I'm not giving Neil Lennon any credit because it completely collapsed after this. Now we've seen it before under going to Ibrox, go down to ten men. Brendan Rodgers changed the game and got the result, 
as soon as that sending off happened, having a look in the group chats and speaking to people, did either of you believe Celtic would go on and win that game? No. No, 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 no. Why? That is embarrassing. It's nil-nil, there's half an hour to go in a game you must win and you do not believe in your manager or your team, the team who have won nine titles in a row that they cannot win. That is not how it should be. Now, Celtic in the 4-4-2 diamond were superior and playing better than Rangers because they had the advantage in midfield. There was always an extra man and they could get it into their strikers quicker. Now, I've said they didn't make enough chances for my liking, but that's fine. They were better in midfield than Rangers. Now, from that point on, Neil Lennon had a choice to make. He could stick with the same the same system and just take one player out, whether it be a striker or whether it be a midfielder, but he didn't. He could have went 4-3-2, kept the two up front, and that would have given Rangers something to think about, agitating Christie off for Duffy. But he didn't. He completely went the other way and went a flat four. You've seen it when Elianusi came on. He pointed to Christie and went four. A flat four, which just allowed Rangers to take over. We went from having four v three in midfield to then Rangers having the advantage with three v two. Why? It was fine. You only had to change one thing and bring off Christie. Now, Neil Lennon probably would have taken off Turnbull, but it was embarrassing for me because Celtic had the ascendancy there. Stick with it as close as you can and make the sub. And another thing, if he, I would have taken off Christie for Duffy and then that meant you still had Turnbull on there who was the main creator and had set pieces on him. But he decided to take that off. And another thing, he took off Griffiths. Before that, Lee Griffiths was blown out his arse in the 55th <laughs> minute. Embarrassing. Mm. So if we could have had to kept him on for a couple of minutes or put a Yeti on. But Neil Lennon, for me, completely got the subs wrong. And then when Rangers score, bringing on El Hamid and Brown, another bizarre. one. Absolutely bizarre. It's the same thing that's been happening all season. He either doesn't affect the game from the start or when he has to change it he can't do it and he was found wanting again in a big game and that's been this the season for Celtic I don't like really doing this because it feels somewhat cheap because it's always the obvious mm. comparison we make between Lennon and Brendan Rodgers but Melly has brought it up so just to address that you know the time won at Ibrox after going to 10 down to 10 men Brendan Rodgers well we heard after the game that the, the players train this. You know, they're more yeah. than prepared to go down to 10 men. They just adjust to what they've been trained for. So that that's fine. Everybody knows their role after they go down to 10 men. Mm. This is rhetorical and speculative, right? But do you, do you think that those players looked like they knew what was to happen after yes. they were but, down oh, to 10 Well, no, no. I, I thought you were going to ask a different question there, Stephen. Well, I thought you were going to ask, follow up the Celtic well. look like they, the Celtic looked like they practised by going down to 10 men. They didn't look like it, but I am... Um, convinced that they do do it because yeah. it's probably something that's done on the reg but Definitely. whether or not it's done well enough to but, influence the game certainly doesn't look like it yeah that, that's right I mean, they, they obviously do it I don't want to do the, one of these obvious things where you imply that they don't do anything in training right that's, that's <laughs> ridiculous of course right but what I mean is do you think any of that plan involved bringing on Scott Brown and El Hamid and sticking Shane Duffy up front for the last 10 minutes do you think is any, Shane Duffy any of that came in is, like, it's mental. It all goes back to this overriding problem here that the shooting for everywhere. Players admitting that they're under instruction to just shoot for everywhere. They Edward dribbling far too much, sticking a centre half up front for the last ten minutes of the game or however long it was. It's it's pure nineties stuff, man. It's like or maybe even eighties. It's, it's it's bewildering to watch when when these things go on. And this is the pro. This is the problem Neil Lennon has. See when you get it so badly wrong and I'm not talking about the 90 minutes I'm talking about the season see when you get it so badly wrong that's when you and all these decisions people it's fair enough for people to say 
you got that wrong. You yeah. got that wrong. You got it doesn't work. This looks bad. This looks embarrassing because all these individual errors, all the bizarre substitutions, all the the tried formations and lineups and all that, it's just beginning to look like at no point did the manager have a handle on the season. And as you said, Millie, as soon as something went wrong, collapse. Yep. Absolute collapse. Throw this guy on, throw that guy on, then we end the game with Duffy up front. What is that supposed to do? In all honesty, what is that genuinely supposed to do? If we do get the ball into Duffy's feet, right? Talking about wasted opportunities and high probability chances and all that. So say Shane Duffy's milling about up front and we get the ball into his feet. Is he likely to get a shot on goal? Is he likely to play the ball through to Edward to finish? Is he likely to tee up Lee Griffiths? Or is he likely just to boot it out a play or something? It makes no sense having a guy up there. Yes, send him up for corners. In fact, we did. I'm pretty sure it was towards the end of the game we had a corner. I think Shane Duffy might be on the pitch. I can't remember. The point is we sent the defenders up for the corner and we played it short and it ended up in the midfield. Yeah. And you think to yourself, what is... We we're, we need... Your arses are on the line here. Your jobs are on the line here. What's going on? There's no joined up thinking because if you you go down to 10 men and just David Turnbull, as soon as we went down to 10 men, I just knew he was going to get sacrificed. Knew it. Like It's the only guy that was creating anything. The only guy that can take a set piece then maybe that's our only opportunity to score, but we took him off and we just mm. we just lost it. And then we went we went four four one, and we brought on El Hamed and Brown. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> this is painful, but Sorrow was on a booking, which is fair enough. But to take him off and then you so you take I could understand Brown coming on yeah. because of El Hamed, right? But the El Hamed, the, uh, I could understand Brown coming off for Sorrow rather, but the El Hamed thing mystified me. And the fact that these we made so many changes in the final throws, you think to yourself, is it just panic stations now? It was. No, it was one change, then another they, change, then almost three different tactical and substitutional changes. They weren't the attacking changes, but they were defensive yeah. ones where you take off Sorrow for Brown, like that's fair enough, but you've you've already taken the midfield from four to two in the middle, so you're wanting a thirty-five-year-old to do the work of two men. It's not going to work. You put Frimpong at right wing and put El Hamid at right back. Why? Why do that? There's absolutely no reason for it because Frimpong's shown in this game that he's not going to create any chances. To bring on Tom Rogic for Cal McGregor and have a midfield two of Tom Rogic and Scott Brown against free Rangers midfielders when you need a goal is absolute lunacy. Taking off Cal McGregor is a Hail Mary. When, when, when he brought Tom Rogic on, Stephen, all that was in Neil Lennon's head was YouTube replays of Tom Rogic scored goals against Rangers. <laughs> Aye. Another guy who That's can shoot. That's all it was. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, it's, it's complete panic. And this is why I bring up the subject of what exactly was planned for when we went down to 10 minutes. None of this stuff. I would be interested to see, and we'll never know, I'd be interested to know just how long that Neil Lennon stuck to the plan that they had worked on for training in the yeah. eventuality that went down to 10 men before they just started thinking, well, this isn't working, just stick a load of subs on. This is why the Duffy thing doesn't work because... In theory, yes, he's good in the air, so stick him up front. But the difference is, being good at set pieces in the air is different because you can attack the ball. All that happened when Duffy went up front was he was playing with his back to goal because we're not getting any crosses into the box. Yeah. So the, the thing completely that's, falls that's down. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's meant it. Absol- absolutely insane. Did you enjoy El Hamid in- passing the ball out for a throw-in in our corner <laughs> in the 94th yep. minute as well? <laughs> Brilliant stuff. I suppose before we finish up talking about the game, we need to talk about the goal. Um, Cal McGregor, captain for the day, 
another set piece, a story we've seen before. Was it a Joe Rebo header? Beats Jeremy Frimpong to the ball. I think he's got a foot and a half on Jeremy Frimpong. <laughs> comes off of um, comes off of Callum McGregor and the deflection goes into the back of the net. Really unfortunate for Celtic in that regard that it was a deflection that went in. I've seen a lot of gifts of Barkas. Um, I'm no convinced by those gifts. Um, I, I don't know if there was much Barkas could have done um, to, to save that. But one thing that could have prevented it was um, better organisation set pieces because it's been the same story all season, Stephen. Yeah, and this comes hot on the heels of Neil Lennon talking about how you know they're trying zonal, they're trying man marking, they're trying half zonal, they're trying half man marking. So it's it's something that's even if it was to be fixed now, it's just far too late, far far too late. Even if we yeah. didn't concede another set piece the rest of the season, which is highly unlikely, we've still conceded an absolutely absurd amount of set pieces this season, and it's absolutely crazy. As Blair said, Stephen, on our tactics, the difference in the goal difference conceded between Celtic and Rangers is that Celtic concede all the set pieces that Rangers don't. <laughs> yeah, and are we really going to look back on this season when it all, all said and done, when all the dust, the the massive dust cloud has settled on this? Are we really going to look back and say, ah, if it wasn't for those uh, 40 individual errors from set pieces, <laughs> that would have been a yeah. really good season, by the way. It's, 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 it's more complicated than that, surely. It's also more complicated, Merely than just sticking two guys on the posts. Uh, I know you hear that. As soon as the ball goes in at the back post or the front post, people say, well, why didn't you have a man at the post? But statistically, it's been well discussed now that you're more likely to win the ball from a corner into your own box by having bodies in the box to head it away rather than last-ditch guys on the, the posts. And if you look at that corner that came in, Rangers had flooded the box with men. Celtic literally couldn't afford to just have two guys on the posts and leaving two Rangers attackers completely unmarked in the box as, as the as the way it lined up. No, and it's all about organisation, knowing your job, and at the end of the day, doing your job. And look, see if Neil Lynn gets the players lining up perfectly and one of them doesn't do their job. Again, that's Neil Lennon's job, is to get the guy to do what he's supposed to do. Odson Edward just coming off the post and not doing anything. Jeremy Frimpong going up against a guy much bigger than him. Again, but it's But let's talk about the mechanics of that, Melly. Let's talk about the mechanics of that though. So Celtic are, presumably Celtic are lined up zonally, right? So I, I don't know if this is right because I'm not a football manager, but what Celtic would do is presumably watch Rangers corners from the last couple of games, see how they line up and say, right, well, what we want to do is they normally go to the back post. So we put our strongest players at the six yard box, the back post, Jeremy Frimpong, you pick up the front post because we don't expect much to happen in that area. Rangers very rarely play that style of corner, right? Celtic go out on at the pitch, Rangers get a corner, Jeremy Frimpong. Well, Jamie, in this instance, it was Edward on the front post sort of mar- zonally marking that, and it was Frimpong going with Faribo. Sure- okay, that's well, that's well, that's my point. So, okay, so whatever the setup is, Frimpong standing in his position, good boy, standing up straight, trying to impress his manager, <laughs> right? Yep, sir, I'm going to win the header, sir, that's my job, sir, right? And then over the shoulders, Joe Rebo, right? At, at no point does anyone in that defensive scrimmage take responsibility of the situation and go does Edward not go here for me you stand here mate I'll take him do they all just go doing our jobs even though it doesn't make any sense at the time again that's the sort of that's the sort of thing that why does why does this situation I can understand Rangers can move players and things can happen in the moment but from the minute they lined up that corner it was obvious that Aribo and Frimpong were the, the pair there and it was never going to work again so in the scrim someone needs to take responsibility Iron needs to go Mate, I'll get him. Just like you would do if you're playing football down the park with your pals. That's exactly it. No no leadership. And again, it, it happens again for Celtic. As soon as the chips are down, 
they falter. The manager gets it wrong and on the pitch the players get it wrong. There is no leadership, no direction on or off the pitch from Celtic and they got they got the rewards for it because to concede a goal like that after going down to 10 men is absolutely criminal. A goal from a set piece, you lost a game to a team that didn't have a shot on target. Nobody to blame but themselves. So the full-time whistle went um, and we pretty much agree that that is, barring an almighty miracle, that is it for the season. Null the, and void, mate. Null and void. Well, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. With Let's coronavirus say, cases on the start rise. One of, those, one of those change.org things and send it to <laughs> Nicholas We will start that. We start at change.org slash null and void SPFL um, and we'll get it. Null. Now, look, if we were to do that, I don't think Rangers could have any complaint because that's the way they wanted. No, they wanted exactly. They yeah. wanted it null and voided. So all we're saying to Rangers is we're being the bigger person here. We're saying, do you know what? You were right. <laughs> we're, saying, we're saying we are willing to accept that we were wrong and you were right. Let's Aye, null and void. Do you know what? We'll give back nine if you forgo this season as well. And we'll start again at the the nine <laughs> in a row season. Then fair, that's fair to me. That sounds. That does. Yeah. Scrub the last two, and we'll just start it for there. Um, no, because I quite enjoyed winning nine, and if we do that, then we might not even win nine in a row. So, sporting well, integrity, one. mate. <laughs> Aye. Um, so the, the 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 best Rangers team in a decade has met potentially the worst Celtic team in a decade during the same season, and <laughs> mm. um, we look to be out of the league by January. Celtic went away, they rearranged the match, they went themselves, they took themselves to their annual training camp in Dubai, um, which a lot of people were really, really pissed off about. Personally, don't understand so much of the anger. It doesn't seem to me like it's a reward. You don't just cancel these things. Well, yeah, I suppose you could. It would seem draconian. It's the sort of thing that perhaps Sam Allardyce would do, would cancel the Dubai training camp and make <laughs> them go to Scunthorpe or something just because they lost a game. Um, if the rationale is that you're taking the players away in order for them to get better at football, if this is what the rationale behind that is, then it seems little sense in cancelling that. Although some pictures did emerge, Stephen, of <laughs> what you might want to call downtime. If we're going to be friendly yeah, about it, yeah. we would call it downtime. Now, let's let's not get all hysterical here. Let's stick mostly to the facts. The facts are that a picture emerged of Scott Brown drinking what appeared to be a beer, Neil Lennon drinking what appeared to be a beer, sitting by a pool in Dubai on the day that they arrived. Are you apoplectic about this? No, I'm not. I feel the same way about this. as Well, it's a slightly more intense version, but I feel mostly the same way as I did about Elianus's phone. Elianus's phone yeah. gate in that, right, I understand that it does not look good. That That's the main thing here. I understand that it looks terrible. But at the same time, there's a lot of things at play here. Yes, it is, it is supposed to be an intensive training camp. It's not supposed to be a break because what would normally happen is they've got three weeks off. So you go for a break and an, a training camp, whereas this is supposed to be not a break, it's a training camp. And the first thing that emerges from it is the boys lying at the pool. Being, right, <laughs> I, I, I understand the, manager, the, the manager and captain. Yes. <laughs> the optics of it are less than optimal, shall we say here. Yeah. It, it is very unfortunate timing. I don't think there will go... Ultimately, they're professional footballers. They're not going to be going on there getting on it, right? I, I, well. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that it was a couple of pints, right? It may be just off the plane, but I do understand. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be, be shushing anyone out there. I, I understand that it looks terrible, especially coming it's, off the back what, of that game. Here's what's worse, Melly, though, right? It's, it's, it is the optics of it yeah. look terrible, but it's, again, so easily avoided. 
anyone who's ever been to Dubai, or you don't even have to have been to Dubai, I don't know what I'm talking about, I've only been once in my life, right? But here's how you avoid that Celtic, and it's very easily done. You book a private pool or a private area of a private hotel with a note, with a private bar, and you just let the players, if they need some downtime, they relax there. That that's You don't have them having pints by the pool beside Jim and Gina on their holly bulbs for <laughs> New Year. You, do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't understand why they're just out and about in a hotel getting their, their, their picture taken doing this. Just book a private area. It's it's so easily done. It's the sort of thing that sports teams and, quote, celebrities do all the time. That, that's just how these things work, especially in places like Dubai. Especially when there's a I, global I, pandemic going on and you've got randoms sitting beside you in the lounges. I know it didn't, it didn't to me make much sense that they were just cutting about in loungers drinking pints, but I wasn't that pissed off about it. I've got to say as well though, I know it's social media and all that sort of stuff, but I am slightly uncomfortable with surreptitiously taking people's photos ah, terrible, without permission yeah. and, and stick them on social media for internet points. I, if something scandalous is going on, do you know what I mean? If something absolutely scandalous is going on and you want to document it, fine, but just sneakily taking someone's picture without the permission of putting it on Twitter to cause a star. Um, it's no really, no really up my street, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, what did you say, Stephen? You're going to shush him. They're not going to dish out any rows yeah. for it. It's just, it's no ideal. No com- again, it's the same as it has been all season. Celtic have put themselves in this position, oh, haven't that's they? That's what I was going <laughs> to say. Totally. They, cha- they changed their game so they could go on this while they were still miles behind Rangers in the league. There was a chance that it was always going to go at this and it would look terrible the players possibly getting a reward now I understand why they went you don't just cancel that thing but surely they can think like boys let's not have a pint in public view if you're going to do it do it somewhere else but no you've got the the manager is there a function suite or something or is there a a rooftop ball that's closed is there any way we can go and sit and get a pint it's not not just the players here this is the manager and captain as well (laughs) this is why people get so annoyed because we're always told about the, the standards have dropped so much under Lennon and then you see stuff like this and you go well, I he's allowing himself to be photographed like this. Would would Rogers allow that? Would any other manager allow it? Maybe, but in all likelihood, no. I've never seen it before. I've never seen, for example, the the Manu Chelsea Liverpool team at a hotel in Dubai or Spain or wherever, and just random punters cutting about getting a picture taken with them mm. as they drink pints. I've never I've never seen that before. It might happen. I've never seen it. It strikes me as some a problem that's easily solved, as you say, Melly. It's just another thing that Celtic have created. And they should have been more savvy and more switched on, knowing what the mood was like they, back home. They may have got away with it as well. They almost got away with it because people were saying, oh, these are obviously old photos. They're from France in the summer. And then in walks Shane Duffy, like <laughs> Theresa May doing the, the walk in from side stage. <laughs> Here comes Shane uh, Duffy to ruin everything <laughs> once again. Oh no, they were still wearing Adidas gear. They didn't even bother uh, getting f- changed. They didn't even get changed at their kit. They couldn't wait no. to get a pint doing them. But we've all been on holiday. You know what it's like? As soon as that plane touches the tarmac, you're away with Aye. the lad. You're absolutely gasping well, for a pint. I'm not expecting the team to go there and just train for 24 hours and that. There's obviously going to be downtime. You've all had it where you failed an exam and then went on holiday. You don't just sit in your room and think about the exam. The players <laughs> are going to have times where they can sit and have a drink. But again, as you're saying, it's just the optics of it. The day after and the first photo that comes out of this training camp is your captain and manager sitting by the in the sun with a couple of pints in hand it's horrendous looking but I'm going to choose not to get annoyed by it because of how ridiculous the whole thing is the Scottish government had their say they said that they expect they expect Scottish football authorities to look into Celtic's trip in Dubai because although there is an exemption for elite sportsmen it shouldn't be abused now 
there is an exemption for elite sportsmen. So I don't really know. I don't want to get into politics in this podcast, but I don't really know why on the day that um, a Scottish MP is getting a row for travelling down to London, whilst having coronavirus, that the Scottish <laughs> government would maybe talk about something else like that. Celtic have issued a response, though. Um, have you watched, have you seen Bad Boys, Stephen? The, the, the original one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a scene in that which I particularly enjoy where um, Will Smith has ruined his Porsche and he goes to the police captain and amongst a lot of other things he says, and captain, I need to talk to you about the car and that high-speed chase. It got all shut up. My Porsche ruined in the in the... And the police captain goes, yeah, that's why we drive police cars and then shuts them down. He says, that's why we drive police cars and then just shuts them down immediately. And Celtic have issued a response not dissimilar to this. Celtic have issued a response on Twitter. They didn't even need to type it out on a big piece of paper. It says, the training camp was arranged a number of months ago and approved by all relevant footballing authorities and the Scottish government. Yep. If the club had not received Scottish government approval, then we would not have travelled. So it's a complete non-story, a complete nonsense, completely shut down by the club. What annoyed me the most was that if you'd asked me to write down five names as to who had been photographed bevying in Dubai the day after the game, it probably wouldn't have been Odson Edwards, El Yunusi, <laughs> or Cham, or them or that. It would have been, it would have been Lennon, Brown, Griffiths, Duffy, all, all those guys. I, I probably would have got eight out of the ten right if if they'd actually sat down. In seriousness, though, I do understand and I do agree that it is galling. It sticks in the craw to watch Neil Lennon. On a jolly, you know, quote, on a jolly, yeah. paid for by his work, his job that he should have lost two months ago, and there he is bevying the day after the game. I, I understand why that looks very, very bad and it is oh, very I, annoying, because I agree with it, to be honest. The guy should have been out on his arse several weeks ago. We might not be giving the club enough credit here. You know, you just uh, had a disastrous league campaign that seems to be over by January. Um, you've lost to Rangers in another derby game. Maybe flying the whole team out to Dubai, getting them photographed on the bevy, is a really good way to stop people talking about you. Just, uh, <laughs> j- just losing to Rangers. Give, uh, give them something else to talk about. So the dead cat technique. The Celtic yeah. have come in and slammed a dead cat down on the table and all of a sudden we're talking about that now. Yeah, yeah. No one's, talking about, no one's talking about anything else. And on that bombshell, we sh- oh wait, we beat Dundee United this week in Soros School Delta. We shall wrap up. Um, Stephen, would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye, folks. See you next week. Melly, would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye, and we will see you next week, but it'll be Tuesday, folks. Because of this rearrangement of Celtic's game, which will be on Monday night, we will be doing this a day later. Disgrace. Yes, <laughs> I know, absolutely disgrace. Celtic, they're in Dubai. What? Wait a minute, now I'm pissed off about Dubai, because they rearranged this Hibs game, which yep. meant we've got to rearrange our podcast. Slap in the Terrific. Face. Absolute slap in the face, and on that bombshell, thanks for listening. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.